what was the blessing? Rashi says, Moshe told them, may it be Hashem's will that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, rests in the work of your hands. That's what he said. And then he added, Rashi adds the words, may the pleasantness of Hashem, our God, be upon us, etc. That's, that's the words of Rashi. Rashi continues, that verse is in chapter 19 Psalms, that verse is one of the 11 Psalms that Moses said. There are some psalms that were written in Tilim that were authored by Moshe Rabbeinu, authored by Moses, and this is one of those psalms. So, a couple of questions to look at this Rashi. First of all, what is the reason Rashi needs to explain anything? Why, why does it talk about... It seems like a very simple thing. They did their job. They built a tabernacle. So Moses blessed them. It's like he gave them Yosher Koyach. He gave them a, 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 uh, a thank you. So why does it, Rashi have to say anything? Also, Rashi says the words, he said to them. We know that he blessed them. The verse says he blessed them. Why does it say he said to them? Third question is, says in the Torah, Rashi says another thing. He brings the verse, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. Why does Rashi um, consider that verse to be the verse that he said? How's Rashi is not the Medrash. The Medrash says this. The Medrash gives a, a, a homiletical interpretation. It derives things that are not in the simple meaning of the words. But here, Rashi is um, Rashi is the one saying this. So, question is, how does Rashi know that that is the words, the, the, those words in that verse, Moshe Rabbeinu blessed them with specifically those words? The underlying question also is that... Um, if Moshe Rabbeinu um, blessed them, uh, a blessing is different than a prayer. A blessing is said in the language of, of a commandment. But Rashi changes, although the Torah says that he blessed them, the Torah changes and says Moshe Rabbeinu prayed that may Hashem's presence rest in the work of your hands. How come Rashi is changing it? This question goes even greater because later on in Pasha Shemini, Rashi brings the same kind of thing after he and Aaron bring sacrifices to Hashem on the first day of Nisan. They, again, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron uh, conclude their sacrifices. And then it says over there in the Torah that Rashi says the same thing. But he switches the order around. He, he says, what did they say? They said, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. And then, they, then, the, then the second part, doesn't, he doesn't add the word etc. He skips the etc. Why etc.? Every word in Rashi is exact. Here he doesn't say it, etc. But an art portion does say etc. What's the difference? And over there he switches around. First he, he says, they said, may the presence of Hashem be upon us. And then he, he, they said, may the Shekhinah, may the Divine Presence rest in the work of your hands. How can we switching the order around? What's going on over here? The answer is like this. 
Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a blessing. Who is a blessing to? Is a blessing to all the Jewish people? Or is a blessing only to those who were involved in creating and working on the ta- tabernacle? The Torah says that there were chachmelei, there were those but wise hearts that Moshe Rabbeinu um, commanded that they should participate in building the tabernacle. So is the blessing of um, Moshe Rabbeinu for all the Jewish people or just for the ones who worked on it? So it makes sense to say that the blessing should go for everybody. Why should it go for everybody? Because everybody gave, men and women. The women came before the men to give. The women were more generous than the men. So it makes sense to say that the ones who um, got the blessing were everybody. But if that's who the blessing was given to, then why does, why does Moshe wait to bless them until the tabernacle is completed? If he's blessing them because of the donations that they gave, bless them as soon as the donations were given. Why is he waiting until the Chachmei leave until all those wise-hearted finish building the tabernacle if the blessing is about their contribution? So you have to say that when they built, when they gave their donations to the tabernacle, one of two things happened. Either Moshe blessed them, and Torah doesn't have to say because it's obvious that he blessed them. He obviously gave them Yashukech, obviously gave them a thanks. Or the, the Moshe didn't, didn't have to bless them, he didn't have to thank them because it's understood that he would appreciate it. Moshe Rabbeinu certainly had a nachas ruach, certainly he enjoyed certainly appreciated, he had nachas from the fact that Jewish people built the tabernacle. That, but he didn't actually have to give them a blessing because it was self-understood that he appreciated it. So either he gave the blessing, the Torah doesn't have to mention it because it's self-understood, he gave them, because it's obvious he did it, or he didn't actually have to mouth the blessing, it was in his thoughts, it was cer- certainly clear to the Jewish people that Moshe would appreciate this and Moshe would have blessed them. That's why he didn't bless them when the Torah doesn't record a blessing for when they gave the donations. However, here is something else. Here we're talking about the, not the old Jewish people, here we're talking about the Chachmelev, those wise-hearted who built the tabernacle. Among the ones who built the tabernacle was Moshe himself. As Rashi says, that when they built the tabernacle, they were unable to keep it erected. It was un, un, they were unable to erect it, and Hashem told Moshe, you put your hand there, and then the tabernacle will be erected. Moshe to put his hand out, to build the tabernacle, no human being could make this work. And Moshe participated, he put his hand out to make the tabernacle become erected. And so Moshe was not only um, blessing the Jewish people, but he must also be part of this story because only with his effort is the tabernacle built. Everyone does everything they're doing, but it's, it will not become erected, it, it, it doesn't last. Only with Moshe's putting his hand there does the, does the tabernacle finally have the blessing that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, is there and it, and it lasts and it's erect and it stays that way. The um, Torah used the expression, um tells Moshe, you should be involved with your hand. Vinira, no one could, Rashi says no human being could lift the, the boards, they're too heavy. But Moshe put that Moshe was able to lift these boards, and and Hashem told Moshe, "Be involved with it." In other words, don't strain yourself. Just put your hand out, and it will appear as if you're picking it up. And then he puts his hand out, and boom, the tabernacle is is erected. That's what the Torah says. It was put up. It doesn't say he 
it, it was put up by itself. He just put his hand down and it was erected. No human being could do it, and Moshe Avenu's effort made it happen. Okay, so Moshe is one of the people involved in building the tabernacle. So if he's giving a blessing to everyone who's part of the building the tabernacle, um, he must be included too. So what was his blessing? When they built the tabernacle, again, there's no need to give a specific blessing, just a thanks. Yosha Koyach, it's appreciated, good job. But here, they did something, they had a goal. What was the goal of building the tabernacle? Why do you want to build, build the tabernacle? The whole goal of it was, the whole purpose of this whole tabernacle thing was there, in order that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, should rest there. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu gave a blessing. The blessing was he Amar Lahem. He said to those involved in building it, he said, guys, you worked, you tried, you did. May this have the impact that you want it to have. May Hashem's presence rest in the work of your hands. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu um, said after they, they, they brought him all of the items, all of the building of the tabernacle. He said, may this work. But not only did he say, may, did he say make this work, you, the work of your hands, he had to include himself too, because he also was, was part of it. And that's why Rashi said, and that's what Rashi says, Rashi adds the words that Moshe also quoted the verse, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. What's the, what's the addition of Rashi, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us? He said, up, up, upon us in the plural. Why upon us in the plural? Not just upon you. Not just in, in the second, what, uh, what's it? Upon you or upon us? How, what, what's that? Second person and... and oh, uh, second and third person. Second and third person, thank you. He didn't just say in the second person, may the presence of Hashem be upon you. He said upon us, because he was also part of building the tabernacle. And Rashi adds the words, etc. Why add the, add the word, etc.? Because what's the next part of the verse? Uh, may Hashem establish the work of our hands. Moshe Rabbeinu is really not the one who is involved straining himself to build a tabernacle. The wise hearted people were working for days and nights building the tabernacle. Moshe Rabbeinu's action was just to put his hand out. He was misasic. It just looked like he was involved. And therefore, the correct, um, the, the emphasis is only that uh, his prayer is that Hashem should rest upon us and what we've done. But when he gets to the words, the work of our hands, the work of our hands is mainly the, the Jewish people. So Moshe Rabbeinu, Rashi says the word etc. The word etc. is meant to add explanation to Rashi has said already. Rashi is saying, the Jewish people put up the tabernacle. And Moshe Rabbeinu is giving them a blessing. What's a blessing? That it should work. And therefore he says, the first thing he says, may Hashem rest upon your hand. You guys did this. You, Chachmei Levi, you wise-hearted people, you did this. But it wasn't just the Chachmei Levi. It was it, all the Jewish people get credit also. And all of them, all of them are trying to do this. And so Moshe Rabbeinu includes himself as well. Because he himself also participated and put his hand there. Hashem wanted him to be part of it. That's in this two-week story portion. And that's where Rashi adds the words, this chapter 90 of Psalms is one of the 11 chapters that, that Moshe Rabbeinu said. Why does Rashi have to add that? Chapter 90, it says explicitly in the, in the Psalm, this is a prayer of Moses. So why does Rashi have to say, this was said by Moses, as if this is one of the 11, 11 Psalms? The reason Rashi has to add that is because you might think Moshe just said the beginning of the verse. But the end of the verse, which talks about how man lives till 70 years old, or to 80 years old, 
And uh, at the end of the verse, Moshe was already 80 years old when he took the Jewish people out of Egypt. So he was already over 80. So maybe the end of the verse, you might think, was said by the Jewish people. They said, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. Maybe, maybe they said, may Hashem establish the work of our hands. Maybe they were the ones who made that prayer. Therefore, Rashi says, it's not just this verse that was said by Moses. He said the next 10 verses afterwards. So since he said a continuation of 11, 11 verses, 11 chapters, rather, so it makes sense to say that he said this verse as well, the last verse of the psalm, and that's the prayer he said, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us, including himself, because he also participated. And not just, um, not just, and not just the people who, who were straining themselves, working hard, but he also was part of it. However, in Parsha Shemini, later on, the Torah is talking not about the efforts of the Jewish people. Parshish means talking about the sacrifices of Moses and Aaron. Talking about their sacrifices that they brought. So who are the main people over there? Who are the main main characters that, are, that the verses are talking about? It's talking about Moses and Aaron. They, that's why Rashi begins over there. And the, the first prayer they say is, May the pleasant of Hashem be upon us. Because he's talking about himself and Aaron. He doesn't mention the word etc., because the, la- the end of that verse is about all the Jewish people doing something. He is talking about him and himself. And Aaron bringing the sacrifices. Therefore, he doesn't mention the word etc. And then he adds, well, this isn't really only about me. Everyone else also built the tabernacle. And so there- therefore, he concludes the verse. He- Rashi concludes with, and he-, he added a prayer, may the Shekhinah rest in the work of your hands. He begins with his own efforts because... That's the subject of the verse. Moses and Aaron bring the sacrifices. Rashi first there mentions the words, may the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. And only afterwards does he say, may the Shekhinah rest upon you. So there's three changes. Number one, he doesn't mention the word etc. Because there, the, the, the end of the verse is about, not Moses and Aaron, it's about others. And number two, he mentions the, the, the prayer, may the Shekhinah rest in working of your hands second. Because... He's not talking about the Jewish people's efforts. He's talking about his efforts. And, but since his efforts helped to complete what everyone else did, therefore he, therefore he does add the words, may the Shekhinah rest in the work of your hands, because after all, his efforts concluded the work of all the Jewish people. But the emphasis is on what he is doing, and therefore the Rashi switches around the order in that verse, and he says, first the prayer was, the pleasantness of Hashem should be upon us, upon Moses and Aaron who brought the sacrifices. And then he says, may the Shekhinah rest upon the work of your hands. And that's why also in that verse doesn't say, Omar Laham, he said to them. Over here Rashi says the words he said to them. Because here Rashi is respond- saying that Moses is responding to those people who made the effort to build a tabernacle. So they made an effort to build a tabernacle. So Rashi says, so Moshe, bless those who build a tabernacle. May your work have a conclusion. May there be an impact of what you try to do. He's addressing them. Here, Moshe and Aaron are beginning the conversation. They're not responding to someone. They have brought the sacrifice. And they are giving the blessing that pleasantness of Hashem, that the Shekhinah should rest in what they have done. And they are only adding at the end of the verse that the Shekhinah should rest in the work of the Jewish people's hands as a result of what they've done. And therefore, the, therefore the um, Rashi, their first, what's the verse? May the pleasantness of Hashem be upon us. And then he says the words, may the Shekhinah Rest in the work of your hands. That's over there. Rashi doesn't mention how um, this psalm was said by Moses. It's one of the eleven psalms. That, that's not the uh, the point of of Rashi. Already said it here. First of all, but besides that, um, there in that verse, 
the subject of the verse is Moses and Aaron. It's talking about their sacrifices that caused the divine presence to rest upon the Jewish people. And so the, um, the end of the verse is irrelevant. And the verse talks about what the Jewish people have done. And uh, Moshe is just saying with Aaron that, that may Hashem rest upon us what we have done to our, our effort. And this verse in our Torah portion is talking about the blessing he gave to the Chachmei Leib, to the wise-hearted, and how their efforts to build the tabernacle should reach its conclusion. That's the explanation of the Rashi. We have an amazing lesson that we learned from this Rashi. What do we learn from this Rashi? And I know it's, we changed the clock, and we had to learn these, these Talmudic intricacies in this Rashi, and uh, it's not the, not, not, not the funnest thing to do at uh, so early in the morning. They, they change the clock, and you know, you're tired, but L'chaim. L'chaim, Lesson is like this. Lesson making things a little easier now. Getting to a lesson. Lesson in our lives is like this. The Jewish people do lots of great stuff. They build a tabernacle. They get together. They make the donations. They're, they're, they're almost there. But for it to actually happen, they need Moses. They need Moses to participate, <clears throat> and they need Moses to bless them. It doesn't work without Moses' blessing and Moses' participation. In a similar way, the Talmud says that anyone, the Mechilta says on the verse, and they believed in Hashem, and in Moshe, his servant, says the Mechilta, Anyone who believes in Moses and the faithful shepherd of Hashem, it's as if he believes in Hashem. The the Chassam uh, Sefer wrote a Sefer uh, when he Chassam Sefer himself was a student of Pinchas the Balafla, who was a student of the Mizitch and therefore there are a lot of things in his Sefer in his book which are based on Chassidus, even though he was isn't known for Chassidus, but. Because he learned from a, someone who was a student of Zichim Agit, he had a lot of chassidus in there. One of the things he says is that he addresses the idea of asking for a blessing from a tzad, because why is that allowed? You're not allowed to uh, worship idols. You're not allowed to put intermediaries between you and Hashem. So what's the idea of asking for a blessing from a tzad? So he says like this. A tzaddik is called Memutza Machaber. He's an intermediary who binds you with Hashem. It says in the Torah, Moshe said, when, when he gave us the Torah, I stood between you and Hashem to tell you the word of Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu is an intermediary to give us the words of Hashem, but there are different ways of being an intermediary. Moshe Rabbeinu, his function as an intermediary is one in the language of Hashem Sefer that binds us with Hashem, makes us, uh, makes us one with Hashem. He is transparent to the, the godly energy that he transmits to us. The Shekhinah speaks from the throat of Moshe Rabbeinu. So, in order for the Shekhinah to rest among the Jewish people, it's through Meishe Rabbeinu that this, that this gift is given to the Jewish people. It's through his participation, and it's through his blessing. This is in sync with the words of the Talmud. The Talmud says, if there's someone sick in your house, someone sick at home, what should you do? The Talmud says, go to a wise man in your city and ask them to pray for you. That's the language of the Talmud in Baba Basra. Someone sick in your house, go to the wise man in your city and ask him to, have, to, to beseech Hashem for you. What is the meaning of that sentence? Who is it the Talmud referring to? The Talmud says the wise man. So where else do we have that word, the wise man? We have it in Perkyavis. Who is a wise man that says the Perkyavis? One who sees the outcome. Someone who could see um, at the beginning of the, of the um, situation where this will lead. But says in Tanya, who is someone who could see Hanoila, things that will happen, this is a, a tzaddik. 
Because it's not just referring to the outcome of things. Everyone, not everyone, but a wise man, a regular wise man, could see the, the expected outcome of a certain situation. A regular person may know there's an outcome, but doesn't see it. Like last night, I know they're going to change the clocks, but until they change it, I'm okay to, to, to go to sleep an hour later. And then in the morning, you know, if I was a wise active restman, I know I've, I've got to check my numbers in the morning, go to God's sleep earlier, for sure. Anyways, but a wise man sees the outcome. But in Tanya, the author says something else. He says, who is a really a wise man? A wise man is someone who sees the birth. The, word, the words of the Talmud are very specific. It doesn't use the word outcome. It uses the word noila. Noila means the birth. Who is a wise man? Someone who sees, sees how the world is being born every second from Hashem's energy. He sees how Hashem is recreating the world every second. He doesn't see the physical world only, or he doesn't see the physical facade of the world. He sees the Dvar Hashem, sees the word of Hashem that animates and vivifies and creates every single thing in the world out of nothingness every moment. That's what the Tzaddik sees. And therefore, when Joseph, the Gemara says, Rabbi Chaniman Deis' daughter once put the Shabbos candles with vinegar instead of oil, and she was very upset. So, what did Abhima Desa do? He said to his daughter, the one who told the oil to burn will tell the vinegar to burn. The oil has its components and its properties and its characteristics because of the divine energy in the oil. The vinegar has its properties and characteristics because of the divine energy in the vinegar. What is the source of the different characteristics of each? It's the words of Hashem. There's the words of Hashem in the oil and the words of Hashem in the vinegar. So Rebbechinim and Daisa, because he was, a, he was a tzaddik, who could see the outcome, could see the words of Hashem that animate everything, he was able to cause, Hashem, to cause a, a um, change in the divine DNA, if you will, of the oil and the vinegar, and them to change. That's what the Chacham can do. The Chacham who sees the word of Hashem is able to affect the change of the words of Hashem and move the letters around. As we see that the tzaddik sometimes tells a person to add a name to his, to, to his name, to uh, bring about a different kind of divine energy in that person. He knows what name to add, etc. So number one, the Chacham sees the divine energy. And therefore he could cause the change. But number two, he's a Chacham in your city. So Chacham doesn't just say go to a wise man. He says go to a wise man in your city. Someone who cares about you. It's not enough just to, to have someone who, is, who has this gift of seeing the divine energy in creation. It has to be someone who, who cares, who will respond to you and dive for you and Therefore, the Talmud says, goes to the wise man in your city. The physical blessings of a Jew and the spiritual blessings of a Jew are all affected by the tzaddik of the generation, the Moshe of the generation, just like by the tabernacle. There were two things. Moshe prayed for the Jewish people. Moshe participated in the Jewish people. So too, the Gemara says, you go to the wise man and the wise man in your city, and he prays for you. Number one, he, he sees what's going on. He sees the divine energy in creation. Number two, he prays for you, he blesses you, and causes there to be healing. Uh, whether a person has a physical element or a spiritual element, everything's missing. The word choyla, ill, ill, is American equivalent to 49. Gemara says, if you have 49 gates of understanding, you're missing the 50th, you're not all the way there, it's still called sick, spiritually, you're not there all the way. Whatever's going on in a Jew's life, whether it's a physical element, whether it's a spiritual element, it's emotion, you know, every generation that, that makes it happen. Like in this week's Torah portion, they did everything. They gave the nation, they put in the tabernacle, they're all ready. And yet, for it to actually work, you need to have Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Torah here is highlighting the connection of, uh, 
of every Jew with Moshe Rabbeinu and how it, it, we can't do this on our own and we need to have Moshe Rabbeinu to make it happen. There was a guy you mentioned who talked about uh, intermediaries who studied with a Hasid. He was talking about... Some Sefer. Some Sefer. Some Sefer. He was talking about different kinds of intermediaries. Yeah. yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu binds Jewish people to Hashem. Yeah. Is that, how is that different from other intermediaries? Other? Intermediaries. So, Moshe Rabbeinu's whole existence is godly. There's no identity of self. He called, how do we describe Moshe in the Torah? He's a servant of Hashem. He's not, he doesn't have his own identity. He is just a servant of Hashem. He is transparent to the divine energy in his throne. Moshe says in the Shema, I will give you grass. How is he giving you any, any grass? I will give you grass to your animals. Hashem is speaking through his throat. So, so as opposed to, um, let's say, a father and mother. The Torah says to honor your father and mother. Why should you honor your father and mother? They aren't, aren't you supposed to honor Hashem? He is the one who caused you to be born. However, your father and mother, they have free choice whether or not to, um, to, uh, to, to, to give birth to you, to be part of the blessing of Hashem. And therefore, the Torah says you should give them honor. Uh, that's a unique mitzvah because they have free will. As opposed to the sun and the moon, the havdil, which are no free choice, and they're just tools like an axe in the hand of the woodchopper that have no power at all. They're, they are distinct, they are not godly beings. There's a sun and there's a moon. You don't see the godly energy in them. And, and uh, some parents, um, some children will see in their parents godliness. Depends on the, depends on the child, depends on the parent. But, but, but the idea of, um, of a mutza mechaber means that there's no, there's no uh, space in the, in, the, in the channel of the divine energy that is, um, that is not godly, that is not holy. In, in Moshe Rabbeinu, his whole existence is Galilee, his whole existence is Hashem. His whole existence on his own. His whole being is about being a servant of Hashem. There's an expression that uh, people use about certain tzaddikim, their whole existence is Torah. And that just means that, that, that their whole thought process is Torah, that their feelings are Torah. This is something more. The existence of Moshe Rabbeinu is Godliness. He is so abnegated for, such a, he's a chariot for the divine will, there's no sense of self there at all. He's just a chariot of the divine will. There's no, there's no, there's no sense of, of, of anything else other than godliness. I mean, it's, it's hard for us to talk about it and to imagine it because we feel ourselves and we exist and we have ego. But that's, that's what a tzaddik is. And therefore, tzaddik is called an intermediary that connects because there's nothing in him that, that's other than, that's not, that's not transparent to the divine energy that's in channel through him. So... You know, when we talk about giving 